Welcome to Section 420, Talking Yankees. Well, as you know, Yankees GM Brian Cashman had a very busy trade deadline this year. Um, you probably already know some of the players that are coming in and who's going out, but maybe just don't know the full details. So we'll kind of review all those deals again, kind of do a deep dive, full dossier on all these players, again, who the Yankees are getting, who they shipped out, and I kind of give my opinion on whether I think the Yankees got a good deal or not, Would the tr was the trade necessary or not. So we'll get into all that. But before we do, if you haven't done it already, there's an audio version of the show. So wherever you get your favorite podcast, search Section 420 Talking Yankees, the podcast, subscribe, get notified, and again, it's additional content. It's content that you're not available to see here on YouTube or on TV. It's only for podcast subscribers. So if you want to be part of the cool crowd, make sure you subscribe. Well, if you remember the last trade deadline, I mean, Cashman had a very successful 2021, bringing in Anthony Rizzo, who was kind of known as even talking about the time. And, and you know, all, all the rumors were about Gallo, who eventually came in. Now we'll get into that whole deal. But if you just look at last year, bringing in Rizzo, bringing in Gallo, who we didn't think would be that bad at the time. And of course, Clay Holmes, kind of an unknown reliever um, from the Pittsburgh Pies and became, you know, would eventually become the Yankees ace this season. So last offseason, very good for Cashman. And overall, this offseason, very good as well, maybe even a little bit better. So now the big need for the Yankees, of course, we all knew going in was definitely, I've, I mean, I ranked bullpen arms number one, so Cashman did address that. But of course, you know, there was some big starters floating around out there. Luis Castile, now unfortunately he would end up going to uh, the Seattle Mariners, and of course beating us in his first start, ironically enough. Uh, but there was a couple other starters out there, such as Frankie Montas floating around. Now, I wasn't really high on him, just because you hear some of the names that, you know, the Yankees have to give up in order to get him. But again, the Yankees were able to secure him, and we'll get into that a little bit. Now, the name I actually wanted to, that I was throwing out there, was Madison Bumgarner, just for the fact that, I mean, he has a ton of postseason experience. Um, he has two more years left on his deal, so if it's just about money, you know, the Arizona Diamondbacks aren't going to be asking for a lot of prospects in return, so you can almost really trade him for very little. And of course, he's a left-hander, has the experience, and he's just in a really terrible situation there in Arizona. I mean, the, the team is absolutely terrible, and for a veteran pitcher like that, it must be torture for him. I think this coming here for the Yankees, I think it would breathe some new life into him. And I thought, you know, and I thought it'd be very good. And I thought that was the move to make, but it turns out Cashman was able to pull a deal off. Now, once you look at what the Yankees gave up for this, then I'm saying, hey, it's a great deal. Now, so uh, the Yankees get Montas from the Oakland A's. Now, this deal also includes Lou Trevino. Now, remember, we have Jose Trevino, the catcher, but this is Lou Trevino. So the, the spelling is actually the same. There's different pronunciation. Now, if you look at uh, Montas coming in, um, three and nine, but you don't look at the record because Oakland's terrible. But at ERA at the time, a little over three. Again, it was one of the prize starters out there on the trade market. And Lou Trevino... Now, um, you know, you look at his stats this season, not too good. One in six with an ERA over f over five. You say, why are you bringing this guy in? But he does have some saves on the season. Now, last year, he was actually much better for the A's. Uh, ERA a little over three and had 22 saves for the season. So the Yankees figured that uh, Trevino, a bullpen arm, which they definitely, you know, need, especially with King going down and Loisic and Chapman kind of been iffy a little bit. Um, so a good move for them. So they figured maybe, you know, similar to what they found in Clay Holmes last season, they found maybe they see something in Trevino. It's like, hey, if we could just get him in here, get him with Matt Blake, maybe we could straighten him out and he, he could return to form like he was last year. So again, the Yankees not only get to start on Montas, but also get uh, Trevino, a bullpen on which they need. Now, what the Yankees gave up was relatively little. Really the big name in the whole deal is J.P. Sears. Now, we've seen Sears come up here for the season for the Yankees, had two starts, um, you know, somewhat early on uh, it was and won both those games. They had a couple of bullpen, uh, bullpen bull, um, appearances and was, you know, again, overall for the Yankees. But you want to consider Sears like one of the Yankees' valuable blue chip prospects where, like, you can't let this guy go. So 
if we only have to give up Sears, which again, it was a part of a package, also included Cooper Brown, second baseman prospect, Luis Medina, who we might have for, saw like a, for a cup of coffee last season, and Ken Waldtruck, another uh, pitching prospect. So, uh, you know, three, one starting pitching prospect, perhaps two relief pitching prospects, and one uh, second base um, prospect. But again, none of these players really valued that highly. And it's just, it's just the fact that maybe we saw J.P. Sears maybe fall in love with him in, in the short amount of time he was here. But again, he's not someone, like you say, you can't let this guy go. So... For what Cashman gave up to get a, a top line, one of the you know once Castillo was off the the table, um, Montas became the top you know starting pitcher on the trade market, and for Cashman to secure him for just that package, that's a really good job you know by Cashman. So in that sense, I would say it's a good deal. And Montas not only is he available um, you know obviously the rest of this season, this season, but he's signed through next year as well. So it's not just a couple of months rental. You're going to get another full season at him ne- next year. And Trevino, um, he's not only signed through 2023, but also 2024. So now, again, if the Yankees are able to turn him around, you would now have a valuable arm not only for this season, not only for 2023, but also through uh, 24 as well. So if this all works out for the Yankees, again, an A-plus type of deal. And J.P. Sears, okay, we've seen him, you know, make a couple of starts here. He's like a, you know, five-inning pitcher and okay. But, again, nothing where, you know, if if you need a top-line starter, if really the big name that was Sears, you look at that, just give him up. I think it was a really good deal uh, for the Yankees. So, we'll see, you know, see what happens. Now, Montas wasn't available right away for the Yankees. Uh, had a bereavement, uh, so he was away from the team a little bit. Uh, now, ironically, in his first start for the Yankees with the Cardinals, wasn't good at all. Got an early, but got rocked in a couple of innings. But at that point, you really can't blame him too much. You know, it was away for a while, not on his usual throw dates. And you kind of go away from the, you know, not playing baseball activities for a while. Then you get thrown into a, a game against the Cardinals, a big interleague game. So I'm not going to, you know, put too much stock in that. But overall, now you see the situation with the Yankee rotation. Um, you would definitely, you know, at this point, maybe value Montas. Maybe you see him as Yankees' second, you know, starter. So you have Cole, Montas. Nesta Cortez, Domingo Herman, and Tyone a little bit. So that's kind of going to be your five for the rest rest of the, the season. Now, Seve's due back because right now he's on the 60-day the DL. Uh, he should be ready sometime September, and we'll see what we do with him. At that point, either Seve's going to take a rotation spot from Herman or Tyone, or maybe, again, what I threw out there is maybe use Seve as they've used Seve in the past coming back from injury out of the bullpen. We'll see how that shakes off. But again, the main deal, uh, the Yankee getting a top-line starting pitcher, not saying he's old world and all great, but again, um, good pickup by Cashman and getting him for relatively cheap. Now, before the Montas deal went down, the Yankees drew first blood, bringing in a, a bullpen reliever, making a trade with the Chicago Cubs. Now, the name I was throwing out there before the trade deadline was David Robinson. Again, you know, the, uh, the former Yankee. Yankee came up through the system and then came, came back into the three uh, play a deal a couple of seasons ago. Now he kind of resurrected his career a little bit with the Cubs and was having a good season. 37 years old, a little old in tooth there, but of course, as you know, he could handle New York, so I thought that would be a good move to make. But no, Cashman looked at, um, elsewhere, brings in Scott Efros, um, who's a good player for the Cubs. Uh, so now he's a bit of a sidewinder. Actually, back in 2019, uh, he converted to throwing, you know, throwing a sidewinder. So he kind of a little bit of that Darren O'Day who Yankees had last season, but unfortunately got hurt. Um, so you look at him as uh, someone to come in the pen to get a big out against a righty. Um, I don't say he would exactly replace what Michael King was able to bring f- f- to the Yankees because King could get out both lefties and righties. Efros is more of your righty specialist. But nevertheless, good deal from Cashman. Um, gave, gave up just a, a prospect, Hayden uh, Wesneski. Now, he was rated the number seven prospect in the Yankee system. But again, nothing mind blowing. Where like you know, where you know, you lose that guy is gonna, really going to bite you in, in the backside. Um, right now, again, the Yankees new, do need the bullpen help. So again, I think it's a good deal for Cashman and Scott Efros. Um, only 28 years old, so under 30. 
and he's under control through 2027. So this is someone, uh, again, as long as he's not terrible, you know, he could be in your system for a while. Now, he has logged a lot of innings, you know, at the time of the deal, had appeared in 50 games, but a low ERA, around 2.5. So at the time, you know, this is what would be a good pickup for Cashman. And, um, you know, it just bolsters that bullpen, which you know that needed to bring arms in. Of course, you know, they lost Green uh, much earlier this season. Lose Michael King, you know, up and down a little bit with Chapman a little while ago. Now I got to hand it to Chapman a little bit, and I've been beating him up lately. He has stabilized himself a little bit, so you, you feel a little bit more comfortable with him now. Looks like, you know, he's really taken out to that seventh, eighth inning role where just, you know, a couple of weeks ago he looked very uncomfortable there. So he's looking to stabilize himself. You still like to see a little bit, you know, Lowise could be the same a little bit, but uh, definitely the Yankees needed the bullpen arm help. And remember, just down the road, uh, possibly might see Zach Britton come back at some point this season too. So that'd be another weapon. But until those players are back, you know, you can't really, you know, put any um, bets on that. So good move by Cashman. So now, again, not only have uh, Trevino from the deal that included Montas, uh, but also bringing in uh, Scott Afros again just to bolster that bullpen. Now, a lot of Yankee fans were a little upset that, you know, yeah, even though Cashman brought in a lot of talent, shipped out Jordan Montgomery for, you know, a player to the Cardinals who right now is in a boot with dealing with plantar fasciitis. So we'll get into the whole that one because I think of all the deals, even though, you know, obviously Montgomery's not the big Yankee name, but of course I think that was the most intriguing one to analyze because there's so pros and cons on both sides of that. So we'll get into the issue. But obviously we have to get into the whole Joey, Joey Gallo situation, which we all knew the writing was on the wall that he was going to be on his way out. So no one was shocked when he ended up getting traded to the Dodgers, um, especially when the, um, when the Yankees brought in Adam Benintendi. Uh, basically the replacement and even Gallo pretty much given quotes that he's out of town even before the deal even happened so now Cashman you know to his credit actually got a pretty decent piece back I mean I think, I think almost to a point where you think the Yankees just might out, out, outright DFA him uh, but trade him to the Los Angeles Dodgers which I think that's a good situation for Gallo um, for their number 15th prospect in their system so to get that for back for Joey Gallo was not he was hitting uh, below 200 I think that's a pretty good uh, deal for Cashman a uh, gentleman is a pitcher by the name of Clayton Beater um now he's um you know nothing impressed right now in double a uh you know in, in 18 games six including uh 16 of those starts right now um has an 0 and 3 record an era 5.75 kind of high there with only 88 strikeouts so if you look at what he's the work he's doing right now in double a not that impressive but does they get anything back for him uh for cashman that, yeah, that's a pretty good move there and for joey gallo i think the whole los angeles thing you know is kind of laid back town i know the dodgers are all in going for a championship and it's a championship type of club, but I think it's good for him just to go out there, be under the radar, just be part of one of the guys. And, um, you know, obviously I don't think the fans and the media are going to be as tough on him as they kind of were here. Um, so I just think it's a good, good place for Gallo and then for Cashman to get anything back uh, for him, this pitcher. Again, he's a right-hander, 23 years old. Now he did have Tommy John surgery back in 2017, as well as a follow-up procedure in 2019. Um, and of course, you know, 2020, a lot of minor leaguers, you know, did not get a lot of work in this with the whole shutdown of COVID. So, you know, for him to be not really having a great double A record this season, I wouldn't put too much stock in it. But again, the cash to get anything for this, uh, for Joey Gallo at that point, uh, I think it was a win there. Now I'm sure you heard the whole controversy that, you know, after the Gallo deal went on, Michael K before the broadcast, you know, the, for the following game in the yes booth, um, kind of gave his, you know, his take on it. And pretty much, you know, said that, you know, Gallo pretty much, you know, had an opportunity. But in the, you know, the second half of last season, they brought him in. And the first half of this season when he was here, he was as bad. He didn't get the job done. Again, not even a 200 hitter. And he'll bop a home run once in a while. Play great defense. Um, and, you know, wasn't really terrible in the clubhouse. And, you know, even though he had a lot of pressure under him, never really snapped and said the wrong thing in that regard. But, again, he had really no one to blame for himself. And then... Really, what Kay was referencing was, a, I guess, an article in um, NJ.com where Gallo kind of said that, you know, again, 
pretty much saying he's going to be out of town before the trade even happened and say, well, he doesn't leave his apartment because then he's afraid of people are going to, you know, fans in the street are going to say ne negative things to him and kind of woe is me a little bit. Now, you know, this guy, you know, and which for the most part, you know, I think Kay wasn't really out of line there, but it turns out that Phil Hughes caught, I guess, wind of that broadcast and kind of put his two cents in and felt Kay was being a little, a little aggressive with him with actually providing an actual quote from Joey Gallo. Well, you know, in Kay's defense, he mentioned that, Look, you know, I'm just quickly doing a broadcast here. I don't have, you know, I've got a short amount of time before the game starts. I don't have time to reference the whole quote and get into all the details. Um, but he kind of, so could put Phil Hughes back in his place a little bit. And then Phil Hughes is like, oh, yeah, well, it's tough to be a ball player, blah, blah, And he kind of floated away there. Now, I think the problem there is that, you know, so you have two Michael K's. You have the Michael K used to broadcasting the Yes games. is kind of supposed to be a little bit manila and objective. And then, of course, you have the Michael K from the Michael K show, who's going to be more opinionated. And I think the problem is, but maybe threw people off a little bit, you had the opinionated Michael K uh, with his ESPN show hat on in the ES booth. So it was kind of like a bit of a duck out of water there. So maybe that's why it rubbed people the wrong way. But overall, I don't think K said anything crazy like that. And if you look at Joey Gallo, it meant relatively, yeah, I mean, you saw some smattering of booze, but I mean, other Yankee players in the past have gotten much, much worse than what really he deserved. I mean, remember when Jason Jami first came here in that first month and a half, he was terrible. He got showered with booze. Gio Carl Stanton uh, at times has been booed quite heavily, including even this season. Uh, just sometimes when he seemed, seemed lethargic. Uh, you, you know, you remember the whole Chuck Knobloch situation when he couldn't throw to first base anymore. You remember the first year of Roger Clemens in 99 when he had the bad hamstring and it was kind of not really the Roger Clemens we thought we were getting. So we've seen these guys get booed. Randy Johnson really getting booed, especially is that uh, that game three against the Angels in the, in the divisional series. Basically couldn't get out of the third inning or whatever. He got booed off the mound. So we've seen other players got booed a lot more than what Joey Gallo got. And probably what Joey Gallo got less than what he deserved. So... I mean, for Gallo to slip out of here the way he did, you really almost got away unscathed. And I think what helped him is that obviously the Yankees off, you know, the first half before the trade deadline off to such a great start that, yeah, Gallo was doing bad, but he could have got hammered much more, much more if this team was like, you know, 500 or struggling or could be, you know, really neck and neck with the, the Toronto Blue Jays. In fact, the Yankees were, were way out ahead for most of the season, I think, you know, gave Gallo a lot of help there. So for him just to complain that fans would give him guff in the street like that, you know, whatever, that's the way it is. But, Again, uh, so I don't think Kay was wrong in the situation. He didn't say anything out of line. I think Phil uses little overreacted to Kay's response on that one. Um, Kay was very fair down the line there. It's just the fact that he was the ESPN Michael Kay in the yes booth. Maybe that kind of rubbed people the wrong way a little bit. Kind of the different. But other than that, Kay did nothing wrong. So the big trade, as mentioned before, that maybe not big in terms of names, but kind of the most controversial was the Jordan Montgomery for um, Harrison Bader to the St. Louis Cardinals. Now, you look at the situation with, you know, Jordan Montgomery, um, you know, because right before the deal happened, um, in July, he was, again, the Yankees were 0-6 in games he started. So, you know, the whole book on him early this season with the Yankees giving no run support. Then he had a little spurt there where the Yankees were supporting him. He was getting some wins, and then he kind of fell back a little bit in the doldrums. Again, some of those, you know, um, losses in those games in July were his fault. Some weren't his fault. But overall, I guess at the time, that's the Yankees felt maybe that was the right time to do the deal. So they shipped him out for Harrison Bader. Uh, now, Bader, um, again, he's considered one of the best center fielders in the game. The only problem is he's in a boot. So he's dealing with a plantar fasciitis situation. Um, now, he claims he'll be available before the year ends. But again, we don't know exactly when it's going to be. And if he is in there, obviously, even if you kind of heal technically, you know, is he going to be as effective as, you know, the Yankees are hoping he was getting? Um, now, again, statistically, again, over his career, um, he has 38-plus, uh, you know, 
defensive saves, again, attributed to him in center field. Now, this season, those numbers were way down early on, but because probably he was dealing with the foot injury before they finally put him in the boot. But again, once he's in there and healthy and at full sprint, he is considered uh, one of the best center fielders in the game. Now, if you look at the Yankees, kind of situation now, you know, why will he make this deal at this time? Um, now, you could look at a, a couple of things. Again, it's really more for the postseason. The Yankees kind of lining things up for the postseason. Well, if you look at a postseason, Jordan Montgomery is probably not going to get a start, even if it's a you know a best of seven game series. You're not, Jordan Montgomery is not going to get the ball in any of those you know four available slots. So it's almost like you don't really need him for the postseason. You kind of need him right now just to throw innings, but it's not someone you're going to be counting on in the postseason. So if you could get a piece like someone like Bader, um, who of course you know if obviously you're going to put him in there for late inning defense, especially in a tight ball game or you know when you're trying to close the game out and you just can't have any balls dropping in the gap or anything like that. That's when the move makes sense. So uh, for, for Montgomery, it's kind of a hard, you know, kind of a hard situation, um, you know, because I just think the fact that now Herman's back, you know, there really wasn't any spots for him anymore. Obviously, you know, you bring in Montas, so obviously you have Cole, Montas, Nestor, who you're not getting rid of, um, Jameson Tyone, who you traded assets for to bring in here, and you kind of been making him a starter. I know he's been a little sluggish lately, and of course now you have Herman back. So that's five right there. So. Really, there's no room for Monty, so you can understand why the Yankees kind of looking to deal him. And in terms of his trade value, um, I got Montgomery was also signed through next year, and then after that, um, he would hit free agency, so he's under control. So a team may want to take him because you know someone needs a starter uh, for the rest of the season and next season. And you know St. Louis would probably be a team that would look for someone a deal like that. So very marketable that way. Um, but for the Yankees, it's someone like you can get rid of because I guess with Harman, we've seen you know some similar. We've seen you know flashes of greatness from him. Of course, we go back to that season he had in 2019. He was 18 and four with an ERA just a little bit above four. Had 153 strikeouts and only 143 innings with only 39 walks. So that's an impressive season for Harman. I know that was three seasons ago, but we've seen some you know him flirting with greatness there. As you look for Jordan Montgomery, I mean this season right now six and seven. Um, at the time of the deal, his ERA was like 3.87. So, okay, not bad. But we never seen a – Jordan Montgomery has never had a double-digit win season for the New York Yankees. Now, some of that's because the lack of run support. Some of that because the time he got hurt and needed Tommy John. Uh, but we never seen um, Montgomery being anywhere close to a 15 to 20-game winner. Now, this season, let's just say he stuck with the Yankees for the rest of uh, August and September – maybe he could have reached 10 wins, maybe, but we don't know that. You know, we, we can't know. So we've never seen him hit uh, double-digit wins. We've definitely seen Herman hit double-digit wins. And again, as Herman has lost him some time, of course, with the whole domestic dispute where he got suspended and, of course, had an injury with his call flipped in there and then, of course, uh, dealing with the shoulder strain to begin this season. But when Herman's been in there, we've seen Herman have success of all-star caliber success. we never seen all-star caliber success out of Monty. So, if, they, if there was only one spot in the rotation between Monty and Herman, you can understand why they decided to stick with, stick with uh, Herman in that one and then deal Monty, who, at least at this point for the Yankees, this is probably, again, in terms of trade value, the highest he'll ever be for Monty. Uh, so if they're looking to move him, you know, now would be the time. So it makes sense that way. Now, as mentioned earlier in, in the program, um, Luis Severino is on the, the 68 DL. He's due back in September. Now, when things come in, we'll see what happens at that point. Does um, Sevy come in and now take Herman's spot? Or perhaps, you know, Tyone, if he continues to struggle like he has been lately, does Tyone now lose his spot? He ended up getting relegated to the bullpen, maybe as a middle reliever. And then, and then you have Sevy and Herman in the rotation. So a lot of different things could happen there. 
But again, if the time you can't have a six-man rotation now, and you're not putting Montgomery as a long relief, and you could possibly put Herman as a long reliever, but I guess this they just probably value that he probably has a higher ceiling right now, and his stuff is better, and we've seen him have bet more of success um, again at least in one season than Monty. So it just made sense they moved Monty there. So he goes, and it really it's a good situation for him. Um, He's over, kind of always overshadowed here for the Yankees. And again, it's you know he came up through the Yankee system, and everyone kind of likes him. There's nothing, you know, he's a good, durable guy. Now in his career for the Yankees, uh, 23 and 20, and kind of similar ERA to the season, 3.90. Uh, but again, so a few games over 500, um, not terrible, not super great. But I think for St. Louis, would be a good situation for him. Uh, just as I mentioned before, he, over here he's just overshadowed by got names like you know Cole and uh, Cortez, and now they bring in Montas, and and of course Tyone gets a lot of fanfare because you know he had ten plus wins this season, and Monty's kind of lo- always lost in the shuffle a little bit. He could go down to St. Louis, kind of maybe build a new you know build a new uh, you know uh, character for himself, and kind of be one of those boys down there. Maybe maybe you know just be maybe considered one of their better starters, where he is kind of considered maybe the, the little kid, the the, the baby brother, the, and the fourth and fifth. Um, uh, 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 starting spot, so it's good, it's good place for Monty. Good place to go down there. Um, you know, for a left there in, in, in Bush Stadium there. Uh, I think you know, I think I think it'd be very well. So it's a good move for Monty. Now, what the Yankees are getting back in Bader. Um, he's actually a New York native uh, from Bronxville. Grew up as a Yankee fan. He liked that part. And again, once he's out, he is considered one of the best center fielders in the game. Now, last year has a little sneaky power in only 103 games. Hit 16 home runs. And then in 2018 and 2019, again before the COVID season, hit 12 home runs those season respectively. So he could bop a home run once in a while. Um, could also steal a base here and there, which is something the Yankees need. Now you might say, hey, look, well, the Yankees already got a guy like that in Tim LoCastro. Uh, but I would say in all facets, even though Castro is a good, um, you know, I guess a utility or, or, uh, utility player for the Yankees, good weapon off the bench. Um, in, in all facets of the game, Harrison Bader is a little better than LoCastro there in that regard. And I think a lot of this move also has to do with the fact that, you know, um, you know, at some point, I know Judge likes playing center field, and maybe that's part of the reason why his number's been good. But I think once you get into September and definitely in the postseason, the Yankees are much better off with Judge in right field. And if you have a superior defender like Beta in center field, uh, that's just, you know, a much better situation for the Yankees. And Aaron Hicks might just be a little bit of the odd man out a little bit, um, just because, again, he's fallen to one of his slumps. And he'll, he'll have a couple of good weeks, and he'll kind of fall back down. And of course, they brought in Benintendi, and Benintendi is a Gold Glove left fielder, so you know it's going to be Benintendi in left. Probably looking, hopefully, if things work the way they're doing, Beta can get back on the field. He'll be in center, and then you have Judge in left field, and of course, Stanton will be a DH. Can Stanton kind of coming back from that Achilles injury? Again, that's probably the better situation where the Yankees are looking for the, the best defense possible there. And Benintendi, a Gold Glove defender himself, and Judge not too snabby there. So uh, Gold Glove outfield there. So that, that's probably the, the long term vision for the Yankees. And again, Aaron Hicks, you know. This, he's kind of up and down a little bit, and I, I guess you know um, if he's not going to hit a little bit, and he can't really play center field the way he did, it's kind of a little bit useless for the Yankees, especially in a postseason situation. You might as well have the best defense out there as possible. So now I look at the deal. I I I can't say it's good. I can't say it's bad. I just think at this point maybe it was unnecessary. Um, I just don't think it was detrimental, you know, to get Bade in here and move out Hicks just for the fact that. You just look since the All-Star break. I mean, again, Tyones looks like he's been laboring a little bit. Even Garrett Cole, the ace, hasn't been that good. Um, now, I'm not worried about Cole a little bit just because, you know, he's, he's a proven track record and he'll have little ups and downs a little bit. But you look at Tyone, it really looks like he's struggling a little bit right now. So I just don't know. He might be someone who maybe needs to breathe a little bit. So I just know if you're in a position to give away someone like Monty, who, okay, I understand he's not the uh, most glamorous starter in the world, but he makes all the starts, doesn't really get hurt. 
he'll at least give you five or six innings, um, good quality innings like that. Again, he's not going to shut the other team down and go seven or eight innings. We know that's not Monty. But uh, just right now, the fact that we've seen Cole laboring, we see Tyone laboring, and Nesta Cortez, for the most part, he's good like that. Uh, but again, it doesn't seem like it gives the Yankees much length. So it's always a situation where he's going to go maybe five and two-thirds innings, and he's going to need the bullpen. And then Bingo Herman, all right, he's been getting better and better every start. But again, not much of a proven track record where you can say, all right, he's good, trade Monty. So I say it's an okay deal for the Yankees. I just don't think it was necessary at the time. And again, the fact that the guy they're getting back, maybe is a great center fielder. But again, he's in a boot right now. He claims he'll be back before the year ends, but we don't know. And is he going to be the best center field in the game, or is his foot still going to be a little injured a little bit? Is he going to be a little haggard? Is he going to be 80% of himself where you forget, you know, that's not really worth trading Monty for. So, but Monty, again, a good Yankee. And again, he'll be a free agent once 2024 comes around, and we'll see where things are. I mean, you can always sign him and bring him back if you really want him back, you know, in pinstripes. So those were the players that were moved around, but it was interesting for the Yankees, a player so who weren't moved, and mainly the one I want to focus on there would be Miguel Andahar, who, I recall, early in the season, requested a trade just for the fact that the Yankees kept sending him down to the minors, where he feels, hey, look, I've been down there enough, I'm ready to play now, and the times the Yankees brought him up here, whether it was like, you know, between a doubleheader or something like that, uh, was hitting for the Yankees, and he could understand his beef just for the fact that, hey, look, Gallo was terrible, and Hicks was terrible, and it's like, hey, I deserve some more playing time, the Yankees would give it to him, and he said, hey, look, if you're not going to use me finally, trade me somewhere else, but it looks like Cashman, you know, wasn't able to volume any deals, and who knows if there was any takers for him, um, again, at this point, he's more of a slasher, doubles type hitter, so it's not like, you know, a home run, uh, that's going to, home run hitter that's going to attract a lot of attention, but I guess what, for a reason, uh, Cashman wasn't able to move him in any deal, so I don't know if that means that Maybe he's in the, the Yankees' future plans or just for the fact that, again, no one really valued him and no one really wanted him. Uh, so, again, Andahar is still a New York Yankee. And, you know, even though the Yankees recently have brought him back as a starter, you figured Domingo Herman could be a name that could be packaged with someone for something. Uh, but it turns out that wasn't the case. So, I guess whether it was the fact that Herman was coming back from a shoulder strain injury that maybe other teams were weary of uh, taking him on. So, that might be beneficial for the Yankees. We don't know yet. Uh, but, again, just interesting to see two pieces Andahar and Horman are kind of up and down a little bit with the minors for different reasons, uh, weren't involved in any deals. And also it's interesting for the Yankees, uh, they didn't really make any moves in the catcher position. Obviously, you know, Trevino is a, an all-star, you don't think that could be moved, but you can figure a situation, maybe they look for an upgrade over Higgy. Um, you know, I know we have Ben Ravette still coming back from, uh, you know, his his knee injury, which seemed to take forever. Maybe a chance we never see the guy and we don't really know what he is. But he's one of the Yankees looking for a little upgrade there at the catcher position. But again, no trades to bring up any backup catcher. So again, moving for the rest of the season, it seems like it's going to be the Trevino and Higgy show. And of course, Cole throwing a little bit more tre tre Trevino because obviously Trevino's bat's been great, um, you know, compared to your average catcher, that is, an all-star. So when it comes to postseason time, you know, Cole's going to be thrown to Trevino, not Higgy. Uh, just for the fact that Trevino could offer more with the bat there. But it gets Higgy, at least for the rest of the season, has some job security there. Uh, again, he had a little spurt a couple weeks ago. He was hitting some home runs, you know, but again, kind of been quiet overall and just, you know, up to the point where a lot of times it's almost an automatic out there. But I guess Cashman just doesn't want to mess with anything. Pitching staff's comfortable. They know the pitches and everything like that. So I guess this, you know, doesn't make any sense to rock the boat in that regard. So overall, you'd say a very good trade deadline for Brian Cashman. Dressed a lot of needs. Brought in a top-line starter in Frankie Montas. Also bolstered the bullpen with Lou Trevino, as well as Scott Efros. Much needed there for the Yankees. Ship out Joey Gallo, which that whole bad situation actually got a prospect back. So it kind of removed that whole situation from, from the Yankee clubhouse. And last but not least, of course, you know, the Jordan Montgomery situation. Um, again, you kind of scratch your head a bit. Maybe not the great move from Cashman, but I don't think one it bites him in the backside. 
But, you know, now in a few weeks, we'll see how these moves pay off.